Welcome you to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. Gentlemen, you ready to hit the road, go to Denver, and wrap up this preseason? Ready to go. Let's get it. I hope it's better weather than the last time we were there. (laughs) Yeah, some snow flurries, wasn't it? Yeah, you nice and comfortable guys in the booth. Mm -hmm. I remember that. (laughs) Today, we're going to take a deep dive on the uh, two main topics of the week. This should be fun. Bryce Perkins and his future as a backup quarterback, either in Los Angeles or elsewhere, perhaps. And the acquisition of running back Sony Michelle. Wednesday, the Rams traded a couple of future day three picks for the 26-year-old running back, adding the former Patriot to a room that now includes Daryl Henderson, Xavier Jones, and rookie. <laughs> so, MJD, gaze into your crystal ball here. How do you think the roles and responsibilities look week one against the Bears? Uh, well, I think you're going to start off with Daryl Henderson first. You get a little mixture of Sonny Michelle, but Sonny Michelle brings a different uh, breed of what you're looking for. He's a guy that's been a part of Super Bowl winning teams. He's a guy that's that understands the game. He's been uh, in New England in their system, so he's very smart. He knows what he uh, kind of how to play, how to protect. But I think what you're, you're getting more, more importantly is a threat at the running back position, one that's been in the league for a little bit of time, a first round pick that you got for, like you said, day three pick. So for me, It's about getting him acclimated to the system, getting him acclimated to the terminology, getting him acclimated to the environment that he's going to be in, and then allowing him to go. Now, it's not about this one year, I think. Um, Maybe he goes to free agency. Maybe you try to get a deal done with him. Um, But if you can kind of keep him locked in with Cam Akers coming back off the the Achilles and then Daryl Henderson, I think now you have a running back room that gives you a chance to contend year after year after year. Sonny Michelle had his great days in New England. He had some bad days in New England. But when he was on, and JB, I, I only can go back to the touchdown that pretty much iced the Super Bowl, he was on, right? He's going to run downhill. He's going to break tackles. He's going to be that hammer that uh, that very similar to C.J. Anderson when, when he came in in 2018. Um, that's what he'll be like down the road for you. So I think – this is an exciting time for the Rams. We were talking about that position in the battle and what you're going to do and are you going to find a guy from the outside? Well, yes, they got a first-round pick from a team that's loaded at that position, and now you get a chance to utilize him and yours and help out Matthew Stafford in that passing game. DeMarco, just when you thought the Rams were all in, they go in a little bit more. If you and I had a yeah. dollar for every time we heard someone say, oh, the Rams are all in this year, we'd be doing this show from Cabo. Well, it's funny because for what you uh, hope to get out of Michelle. Yeah, no, it's funny because first of all, I mean, it's something we talked about. Um, I guess our first BTH of the year from training camp. Can Daryl Henderson stay healthy? And he hurts the thumb. That opens the door. Now you get Sony Michelle. So I'm with Mo. I think this is a. Uh, this is a great acquisition, a great addition to your running back group. Uh, I watched him in the preseason versus Philadelphia and how New England was using him. Uh, they gave him the football, I think, five or six straight times, threw it to him twice, handed it to him. He ran inside, he ran outside, picked up two first downs, uh, had a really good game in the preseason. So this is a guy that still has some juice, some burst. So um, I, I don't know why he's out of New England, but I'm happy, I'm happy he's here. So uh, if Daryl Henderson stays healthy, I assume he'll take his carries. But uh, let's see by week eight. Let's see who's going to be the lead back for this football team if both guys stay healthy. Uh, if I'm Aaron Donald, if I'm anybody that was on that defense. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. In the Super Bowl, the first thing I have to do is jab him in the throat for beating me. But then I'd hug him and say, welcome to the team. 
I want to know what it means for Jake Funk and Xavier Jones. But first, let's hear from general manager Les Snead, who orchestrated the trade. Sony definitely, that's going to be a complimentary backfield. What, what, he, what he does bring is, is right this element of make a cut, get north and south, and, and get north and south with some force and, and right, uh, you know, the physics that he brings to the table. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, let's call it a flavor, a genre that we felt like complemented our group. Flavor. And MJD, we know it's a different run style in New England, be it with Brady previously or Newton now than Sean McVay's West Coast. Does it translate? Uh, yeah, it translates. Um, they ran outside zone. They they run downhill as well. If we've seen some of the like halfback duo plays or the downhill run plays in the goal line, Sony Michelle can give you that. Um, Sony Michelle also, if you go back to college at Georgia, ran a lot of outside zone. I went back and watched the uh, Georgia versus Oklahoma uh, game where he broke a long one down the sidelines. It wasn't that long, probably like 40 yards. But he was able to stretch it and, and find a hole and get down the sideline. So he has that in his pedigree. And then you always have to remember his running back coach from college is a running back coach for the Rams. So he knows him more than anyone. He knows him better than anyone. He recruited him. He coached him from a young pup. So you have that familiarity there. And I think that's what kind of got the Rams going. The flavor of, in which Les Need is talking about is that he runs behind his pads. That's the flavor that he's talking about. He's going to run through you as he puts that foot in the ground and gets to the hole. If you're in his way, watch out. So I think the Rams are going to have a more physical running game than we've seen uh, in prior years where Todd would kind of break and go or Cam Akers was shiftier and get outside. And, yes, he dropped his shoulder. He lowered his shoulder last year in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. But I think Sonny Michelle just brings a different type of physicalness to this running back room. Defar, when we left SoFi Stadium uh, last Saturday night after the loss to the Raiders, it seemed like Sean McVay was pretty enthused with Jake Funk in particular, that he might be close to locking in a third down role to start the year. What do you think this means for Funk and also Xavier Jones? I think Funk's position is safe. I think he's going to be on the roster. I think he's going to be a factor during the season. Um, I like the Rex Burkhead type. Uh, when he comes into the, to the football game, it's pick your poison defensively. Uh, if you load up for the run, he can beat you out of the backfield. If you give him a seven man box, he's a credible running back that can get north and south. You saw that. And he's got pretty good speed. So like Jacob Harris, I think I've seen enough. I don't want to show too much. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand if I'm Sean McVay, but. We said this after week one. I love Jake Funk's vision. I mean, he gets it in the run game. He knows where the holes are. He sets up his blocks and he can get through there. So I think his addition to the run game and his contribution to the run game is going to be great as a complimentary piece. Quarterback Bryce Perkins made some contributions to the running game as well. Just electric plays against the Chargers and then effective and efficient, I thought, against the Raiders nearly led that fourth quarter comeback win. Monday, the Rams released Duck Hodges. So it's the Bryce Perkins show this weekend in Denver. And on the Rams Reveal podcast, I asked Bryce what it feels like to know he might be playing his way out of Los Angeles. I mean, really, I I really try not to think about it. Um, I mean, thinking about, you know, what's going to happen that far ahead um, is not really going to do anything right now. I always say, I mean, I always myself and other people that kind of really worry about it. I mean, don't get too caught up in the work of the future that you forget to do the work of now. Hmm. So, like, um, I know that there's stuff that will happen in the future, um, you know, but all I can do is focus on Saturday, focus on today, tomorrow, you know, the next day, um, just day by day, going out and doing my job and, and everything will line up the way it's supposed to if I just do that. So, um, you know, it may happen, you know, it may not happen. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm just trying to go out there and just ball in any way, shape or form. 
just an awesome conversation with Perkins, who you'll see hopefully go the distance in Denver this weekend. You know, his college days, he had a broken neck, and the recommendation was for them to fuse it and end his football career. Instead, he opted for a a halo brace and made it back to eventually Virginia and now the Rams. MJD, it's not typical for Sean McVay to keep three quarterbacks on the 53. Might this be the year to make an exception? No, I I think you're going to do your best to try to keep him on the practice squad. Um, Look, he's a tremendous talent. I think you're exactly right. He's probably played his way out of Los Angeles. But opportunities here, the opportunity he got here with the Rams was a great one. Um, A guy that struggled during training camp, and all of a sudden he shows his ball skills and his ability uh, to go out there and play. And and am I surprised? No, because his brother went to UCLA. He was a great running back. (laughs) UCLA, he was a gamer. So why would I be surprised at that? But but I'll say this, and I think this is the best thing. When you're given that opportunity, so many times we've seen the preseason guys worry about what's going to happen uh, away from here, right? Like, well, what am I going to – am I going to get cut or am I going to do this? All he's done is get better each time. He, he's played so well that they released a quarterback who they thought could have been that third guy to kind of keep on the roster and help if they had trouble. So, for me, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep playing lights out. And understand that the future will take care of itself. Like he said, if you if you play lights out this game, you'll probably be on someone's active roster, or the Rams may try to keep you. It, it, there is a chance the Rams try to keep three there guys there because of what happened last year as well. So you just never know. Demarco, let's assume they don't. Let's assume they put Bryce Perkins out on waivers next week. Gone. Any team come to mind that could claim him and use his services? Uh. Look, Atlanta, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're looking for a quarterback, wow. No, he's going to play his way right onto somebody's <laughs> roster. I mean, he came within one play, one flat pass of beating the Raiders in preseason from start to finish. I mean, that's going to turn a lot of heads. And you want to talk about a, a a chicken chef turning, you know, something in the chicken salad. How many second and 18s, third and a miles did he overcome in that game with his legs getting out? Even uh, towards the end of the game, when he uh, broke free of a sack to keep the play alive, that is the stuff that's going to turn heads. So do it, watching you do that interview with him, this is a guy that's ready for his close-up. This is a guy that's ready for a leading man status. At some point, somewhere, he's going to be competing for either a number two, possibly a number one. What is that in your hand, Maurice? This is Jamarcus. He decided to come in and watch the show. You Say named the cat Jamarcus. Jamarcus? Yeah, but now he's gone. Okay. Oh my goodness. Learning new He wasn't stuff. ready for his close up. <laughs> I like Brian Ferguson. You know, I'm always suspicious of the teams early on the schedule when you put a player you like out on waivers, especially a quarterback, right? Who's got some internal knowledge, knows the system. If Chicago really wanted to go in on on fields, is Bryce a better compliment to him than Dalton or than Foles? You wouldn't have to change much. <laughs> yeah, is, I, is, he better, is he a better option for Carson Wentz than Easton or Ellinger, uh, the Rams' week two opponent? I, this is the thing. You can always tell. I, I remember a guy getting traded. That's Jamarcus moving the camera. Get out the way, Kevin. You could. We had a guy get traded in Jacksonville, literally week eight, and we played the uh, Mike Thomas. We traded him to Detroit. Week nine, we played the Lions. Okay, Mike Thomas is on the sidelines telling them every call that we have, when the quarterback is yelling oil or whatever uh, name for the play was, he was like, oh, that's what they're going to do. And then the guy's yelling out there to the guys, and we were still getting yards. It doesn't matter. You have to execute. Now, if you're talking about for skill set, oh, yes, Bryce Perkins would be great for Chicago because he he matches what Justin Fields 
uh, he matches his ability, right? Um, very similar to the Baltimore Ravens, who have three quarterbacks that can run like Lamar Jackson to fit their system. If you're talking about the Colts, it's a little question there. I don't know. But if you're willing to bring a guy in just to try to get a better insight on what Sean McVay is going to do, understand that he's going to still switch some things up for your game that you can't prepare for. So mm. the double agent thing works never. Never right. works. Hmm. Never works. I mean, we had uh, Weddle here, what, a couple years ago, and we played the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. And it was well, that's like, different. That's he different. He wouldn't tell. Yeah, he refused. Yeah, yeah. We'd have to, like, you know, test him to get that out. But to answer your point, JB, if I'm Sean McVay, I would consider keeping three, three quarterbacks this year. Because if you put him on practice squad, he is gone. You'll never see him again. You know this. I would consider keeping three going light and possibly trying to find a way to keep him on the roster. I mean, really, I mean, you saw what I saw on game day, right? This guy is dynamic at the quarterback spot. I mean, those those type of guys just don't fall off trees. I would give that another look. DeMarco, the other big takeaway for me is what a vote of confidence in John Wolford, right? Who we kind of take for granted now that he's made his Rams debut, but as well as Perkins has played, there is no question that Wolford's entrenched as the two, despite an appendectomy missing a good chunk of camp. You know, I heard this before uh, at the beginning of the camp about, number one, how good of an athlete Wolford is, but number two, how good of a backup he is to the starter. Like how much he pushed Jared Goff and how much he helped Jared Goff and how much he's helping Matthew Stafford now. So that's the stuff we can't see. That goes on in the building behind closed doors. So, But when you get that sort of glowing review, plus – you've got some ability and you've won some games for the football team. Yeah. You're, you're fully entrenched as a backup, but you know, I don't think Bryce Perkins was meant to play this well, but he did. So now you've got an issue and I wouldn't want to lose a talent like that, regardless of who I have. Yeah. To me, he's like the ideal quarterback to go into a preseason game like this one. And last week with, because he can make something out of nothing. Does a team think he's capable of executing their specific game plan against an opponent starting ones uh, that'll be the question for next week all right let's get to some quick hits to, to wrap up this edition of between the horns what did you guys make of tutu atwell in his first extensive work we'll tell we'll uh, start with you mjd uh, i think there's a long way to go but we saw some um sparks there some some things that he can do we saw a little bit of the speed turning the corner and those type of things but i what i was most impressed with was get, having the ankle injury or whatever might have happened and then taping that thing back up and then getting back out in there and playing. A guy that's on the smaller side, you normally see those guys in, in, in that position that he plays receiver. They normally milk injuries to see that toughness of him trying to get back out there and play in a preseason game. Really showed me something. Every time he gets hit, I hold my breath because he is so small. His mm-hmm. first shot, he ricocheted. And every single tackle, it seemed like he was getting ripped down. So that really worries me. And in preseason, when you're not game planning, it's just straight football. I don't think that's his environment. I think he's going to be better off when you actually have a game plan and then you can run certain plays with him to get him on those loose plays. Yeah. Young man gets some separation, though, especially when you got some other weapons on the field that defenses have to account for. DeMarco, back to you. Buying or selling Chris Garrett as an early season pass rush threat after what he put on display against the Raiders? Oh, man, I just wrote this down. I mean, what a seven-play series he had. Tip pass leads to a pick. Uh, tackle for loss, minus six, minus six. Then he gets a half sack, then comes back and gets a sack, force fumble. And it just didn't stop from there. So, 
that's how you show out. That's how you show out for the home crowd. That's how you get your name in the paper. Now, the guy he's playing against is a guy that's probably not going to be there. Uh, he's an undrafted guy that's bounced around quite a bit. So uh, you beat the guys you should beat. Now let's see if you can step up a little bit more against guys that are going to be there probably in Denver. But, yeah, that's how you announce your presence with authority. Make plays wherever they put you. DeMarco, I love the observation you made in-game, which is he's doing it from a side opposite where Leonard Floyd likes to play. So he doesn't need to wait for opportunities as a backup to Floyd. He might steal some from the other side. The door is wide open on the right side. I know who I want to be there, but, hey, whoever – can rush is going to be that guy, but Leonard Floyd is going to be planted on the left. Aaron Donald's going to rush where he wants to. That right side is wide open, so auditions are still going. MJD, uh, Ramsey and Donald turn out to be the only Rams to make the NFL top 100 this year. Not sure how much stock you put in that. Cooper Cup was on the list last season, but not here coming back. Which Ram is the biggest snub for you? Um, I think Leonard Floyd is a, is a huge snub. Um, you have, what, 10 and a half sacks? Uh, you you kind of you made this pass rush that much more dynamic. Uh, you are part of the number one overall defense. Um, to me, that that's a huge snub. And then we always can go to like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, guys that continue to put up numbers and are, are reliable to go on. I just think sometimes other players, because of the media, other players we take a lot away from the offensive guys because of Sean McVay, right? And I credit Sean McVay with getting those scheming those guys and doing all that stuff to get open. But those guys have to get open on their own. They have to go out there and make plays on their own. And one of the toughest covers in the slot is Cooper Cup. So I don't know how this works out. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, I think next year it'll be a lot different. Next year, I'd be willing to guess that Matthew Stafford will be pretty high on this list. I mean, I know you can't just put all quarterbacks on there, but if you're a top 15 quarterback, which I think the consensus is that he is, you're definitely, by definition, one of the top 100 players in the National Football League. Uh, DeMarco, who needs a big finish on Saturday to make this team in Denver? Wow, a big finish. I think it's already said and done, to be honest, guys. I, I think you know who your what your team is and, and who they're going to be. Um there might be some guys battling for that, that last spot. Uh, you know, Michael Hoyt, is that his name? Is his first name Michael Hoyt, the defensive end? Uh, he's a guy that's he, he's active. Um, he's found a niche for himself on this football team. But like you said, when you start talking about Bryce Perkins and keeping an extra quarterback, you may have to go light somewhere. So uh, I, I think everyone who's, who takes the field on game day – this is the final push, the final countdown. So if you played well for the first two weeks, make sure it carries over to week three. If you haven't played well or haven't played that much, make sure that if you get your reps, you get in. But Jake Gervas is a guy that's switched from safety to linebacker. Uh, we haven't called his name much. Look, this might be your last opportunity to impress the league, no, not just the Rams. Scrimmage today at the Rams facility could be telling, too. I've got my eye on Micah Kaiser and Ernest Brown the fourth, a rookie defensive lineman. Uh, last thing, MJD, Teddy Bridgewater named the starter for the Broncos over Drew Locke. Turns out they're both going to play this weekend against the Rams. Your thoughts on that decision? Uh, crazy, right? Like, who would have thought that Teddy Bridgewater comes in and wins that spot? Drew Locke did so much in the offseason. But I think they went with Teddy Bridgewater because – the way that team is set up to win, right? The, the way that team is going. So you're talking about a defensive-led team, a lot of young talent on offense. They need a guy that's going to be a leader and get them in the right positions, get the ball to the right spot uh, a little bit more consistently than what they've had. And that's where Teddy Brock Bridgewater comes in. If he doesn't turn the ball over, 
the Denver Broncos are going to be a team that kind of you're going to have to answer to here in the in the AFC because the way their defense plays, they're healthy, and that I mean Jerry Judy, uh, Hamler, yeah. Sutton, Fant, and then you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon running the ball uh, with Royce Freeman. That's a tough group to deal with. So uh, I thought they went with the choice of the guy that is going to be best for right now and not for the future because Vic Banjo wants to win today. And Fangio says they'll both play Saturday, as will the likes of entrenched starters, Vaughn Miller, Melvin Gordon, and Cut Corlin oh, Sutton coming off injury. All right, DeMarco, good to see you. MJD, give our best to Jamarcus. He wants to be on TV so bad. You look like Dr. Evil. <laughs> Dude, you should, you should see what's behind this wall. I, I wouldn't bring those two in, but they, they tear stuff up. So it's a zoo here. We thank you for tuning in this week to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the L.A. Rams. We'll check in with you next week after that 53-man roster has been set. So stay tuned for that. And please don't forget that you still have your chance to join us inside SoFi Stadium this season. Single game tickets are now available. Just go to the Rams.com slash tickets. Have a good rest of your Thursday.